Let us turn to God's precious word. And we're turning together to the Psalms, the book of the Psalms, and the Psalm 102. The Psalm 102. We're going to read a section of this Psalm together. The Psalm 102, and let's move down the Psalm to take up our reading at the 13th verse. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is come. For thy servants take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof. So the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth thy glory. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. For he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary, from heaven did the Lord behold the earth, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion, and his praise in Jerusalem, when the people are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. He weakened my strength in the way. He shortened my days. I said, O my God, take me not away in the midst of my days. Thy years are throughout all generations. Of old hast thou led the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. The children of thy servants shall continue, and their seed shall be established before thee. Amen. We trust that the Lord will add his own blessing to this reading from his own precious and infallible word. Amen. Been reading together from the Psalm 102, and I would like to draw your attention to the words of verse 27. The Psalm 102 and the verse 27, and particularly to the first part of that verse. And we read the words of the psalmist as he speaks of the Lord, and he says, But thou art the same. But thou art the same. And what I want to speak on this morning is the unchanging God. God is unchangeable. Thou art the same. And that's a good truth for us to consider as we come to the end of one year and to the beginning 
of another year. Let's just unite in prayer briefly to ask the help of the Lord for the ministry of his word. Our Heavenly Father and our gracious God, we do come to thee in thanksgiving for thy word, and we thank thee that thy word is truth. And we ask, O God, as we would consider it together and meditate upon that truth, that it would prove to be a blessing to each and to every heart. And therefore, O God, I ask thee for help and for the liberty that comes with the infilling of thy Spirit. And give us grace, O God, to exalt our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So hear our prayer and continue with us now. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen. We come to consider together this morning one of the divine attributes of the Lord, the fact that the Lord is unchanging. Thou art the same. The shorter catechism which we learn asks the question, what is God? What is God? And an answer to that question it tells us in the first part of the answer that God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. The unchanging God. Those divine attributes where he is infinite, he is eternal, and he is unchangeable. And the Westminster divines who compiled the shorter catechism, they therefore want us to understand and to appreciate something of those attributes of the Lord and the fact that he is unchangeable. Theologians would use the term to describe this attribute immutable the immutability of God. That simply means that God is not subject to change. He is devoid of all change. By his nature and by his essence, he is absolutely without change. And that's logical whenever you consider that. If something or someone changes, they will either change for the better or they'll change for the worse. And everything is subject to change. Our computers and our mobile phones that we depend so much upon today, and we think of how they have to change. The technology, of course, changes. And the technology will improve, but even the computer or the phone that you use, it has to update to the latest technology. And the fact that it has to update is an indication that it wasn't perfect to begin with. And therefore, it has to have these improvements because of the bugs and the glitches that are there. It has to change. And something or someone will change, either for the better it will be improved, or it will change for the worse and it will decline. But when it comes to the Lord, the Lord is perfect. 
And therefore the Lord knows no change. And the Lord cannot change because if the Lord was to change, it would be an indication that he was not perfect to begin with. If he had to change for the better, it would be an indication that he therefore wasn't perfect and he he required that change. But the Bible declares that the Lord is one who does not change. That's because he is perfect. And the scriptures in many different places would make that great statement about the Lord. And here in our text of Scripture is one of them. The psalmist here is able to say of the Lord, Thou art the same. And these words here in Psalm 102, they are quoted by the apostle when he wrote to the Hebrews in the very opening chapter of Hebrews. And the verses 10 through to 12 would be that quotation out of Psalm 102. But in the verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 1, the apostle writes, And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same. Thou art the same. And so what the psalmist has declared there in the Old Testament concerning the Lord, the apostle will declare it in the New Testament. The exact same words. Thou art the same. Also in Hebrews, and we were singing the words a moment or two ago, the words based on Hebrews chapter 13 and the verse 8, and it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The little epistle of James just comes immediately after Hebrews. And in James chapter 1 and the verse 17, James says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And you think of that description of the Lord, with whom is no variableness. He does not vary. He does not change. There is no variation with the Lord. There is no shadow of turning with the Lord. He's the same. Malachi, the chapter 3 and the verse 6, the Lord himself makes that great declaration and he affirms this truth. And he said in Malachi 3 and the verse 6, I am the Lord. I change not. I change not. And the Lord wants his people to grasp that truth. He wants us to have an understanding that he is not subject to change. And for a moment or two together, I want us to explore this truth together. The unchanging God, thou art the same, and what this divine attribute actually teaches us. It reveals, firstly, the character of God. 
Thou art the same. Now we've been emphasizing that God does not change, but we could say that God does not change in relation to his perfections. And that reveals to us something of God's character, that he is absolutely perfect. There is absolute perfection in God. And you think of some of those divine perfections. I refer to that question in the shorter catechism, what is God? And I gave you just the first part of that answer. And it says, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. And then the answer goes on to say, unchangeable in his being, wisdom, holiness, power, justice, goodness, and truth. And you go down each of those perfections of the Lord, and you would see that in each of them, the Lord does not change. Those divine perfections are unchangeable in the Lord. In Deuteronomy, the chapter 32, and in the verse 4, Moses writes here of the Lord, He is the rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. And in that description of the Lord there, you can see the high view that Moses gives us of the Lord, and he uses the illustration of the rock. And the rock is something that we consider to be immovable, the waves might pound upon it, but the rock remains. Moses says of the Lord, He is the rock. He never changes in His perfections and His purposes. When you think of the eternal plan and purpose of God, God is sovereign. And when God purposes, when God decrees, that shall come to pass. That shall not change. God will execute his purpose. God will execute his will. There's that unalterable plan that's there. The Psalm 33 and the verse 11, it says, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. It's not going to change. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. It's not going to be broken. Romans 11 verse 29 says, The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. In other words, God never changes his mind. The opposite to us. We are so fickle. We are like those who would cry out as the Lord entered Jerusalem. They would cry out, Hosanna to the Lord. Then a short time later, they're going to cry, crucify him. How quickly the opinions of men can change. And the minds of individuals can change. But with the Lord, there is no change. Sometimes you might read in the Bible that it appears God has changed his mind about something. For example, Genesis 6 and 6. 
It says, God repented that he had made man upon the earth. But it is put in that sort of language and it is worded in that way to give us something of an understanding. But the fact is that God's eternal purpose does not change. His eternal purpose will be fulfilled. Demonstration of that would be God's eternal purpose in relation to the salvation of the soul. And you think of God's great plan and the love that drew salvation's plan. And God had that plan from before the foundation of the world. And through time, that plan and that purpose of God would be revealed. And part of that revelation was the Lord Jesus Christ coming into this world and taking upon him the form of a man. He was the son, the only begotten son that would come into this world and would die upon the cross of Calvary. And God's purpose and plan is that all who repent of their sin and who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, they shall be saved. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. And that's not going to change. That's going to be fulfilled. The Savior, when he was on this earth, he said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And each and every one, every soul must come to that personal saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ if we're ever going to be in heaven. Some people think that, well, they can just go through their lives and do their best and try to be a good person, the best person it's possible for you to be. But they never come to saving faith in Christ. Do you think whenever you appear before the Lord that the Lord is going to just rescind all of his word that he has given? Do you think the Lord is going at that point to, to change his whole uh, will and purpose? Do you think that the Lord is going to just do away with his plan for salvation? No, it's not going to happen because God does not change. There is but one way, one way of salvation. The Bible says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. And so we see something here of the character of God. Thou art the same his perfections, his purposes, his promises. You come to the Word of God, and I couldn't take time today to go through all of the references, but just to take a few, Psalm 119 and the verse 89, and it says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever. That word is not going to change. Isaiah 40 and the verse 8, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of the Lord, it'll stand forever. Matthew 24, verse 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. 
2 Corinthians 1 and the verse 20, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen. I say this morning, what a blessing it is to have the word of God and to know that this is a word upon which we can depend. This is a word upon which we can trust. Isn't it good to be able to hold on to to God's precious word, to know that God is unchanging and his word is unchanging and his word shall stand forever? Whenever it's necessary for me to visit at times the hospital bedside and maybe to come alongside someone who is gravely ill, I want to be able to open up the Scriptures and to know that I can read a promise from the Lord that's not going to change. promise that we can hold on to. A word from the Lord that is an unchanging word. And when we come to the end of our days, we could say uh, with Joshua, not one thing hath failed. Not one thing hath failed of all of the good things which the Lord has said concerning us. The character of God is revealed there. The power of the Lord never changes. The generations might pass, but the Lord remains the Almighty. His power is unabated. He is the Ancient of Days, and He's still the God of omnipotence. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. So it's good to reflect on these declarations of Scripture where the psalmist says in our text, but thou art the same. And that reveals to us the character of God. But secondly, it reveals to us the contrast of the world. What a contrast there is. You think of the Lord who is unchanging. Then you think of this world. It's a changing world. That's reflected in the portion of Scripture that we read together. If you just look at the Psalm 102, the verses 25 and 26, and here the psalmist is referring to uh, the material and the temporal, the heavens and the earth. And he says, of old... Hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands? And then he says in verse 26, They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment, as a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same. And it's put there by way of a contrast. In all of the changes that we experience in this old world, the psalmist is saying, while all of those things will change, the Lord shall endure. And while all of those things will change, thou art the same. What a contrast. We live in a perishing world. You only have to look back on the year that's fast coming to an end and we could say, yes, there's been change. Maybe change personally for you. 
Maybe circumstances have changed in your life where as you go forward in the will of the Lord into 2024, it's just not going to be the same. Maybe during the past year there has been a bereavement, there's been the loss of a loved one. Maybe there has been serious illness or an ailment. No longer as fit as you once were, perhaps. Someone who would have got along faithfully to the house of the Lord and now no longer able to attend the house of the Lord. And the year going forward is going to be a year of change where things are never going to be the same as they once were. And you would say, yes, today I can testify to that. I have experienced the change personally. Change morally. Change in our society morally, not for the better, I would add. You could take a summary of the past year and you could go down some of the things that have taken place and some of the things that have been forced upon us even here in our own land. Never even put to the vault or to the will of the people. And morally, there has been those changes. You could take uh, the change in uh, abortion law. You could take the change in same-sex relationships. You could take that which is in our education curriculum, the RSE. And you can see on every hand the decline and the decay that's across our land morally. The corruptions and the perversions that would be across our land. And even in the past number of days, Euthanasia, that subject raising its, its head again, changes. Changes personally and changes morally, changes globally. You think of the wars that have broken out during the past year. There's the war there with Ukraine and Russia. There's the war uh, with Israel and Gaza the displacement of millions of people, and therefore the face of the world is undergoing great change. You look at our portion of Scripture. Verse 26 says, They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. I thought about that illustration. It's speaking about the heavens and the earth, the material heavens and the earth. And the psalmist says they're all waxing old like a garment. Maybe over Christmas time you've got some new clothes. And because you've got the new clothes, you've gone to the wardrobe and you've said there's some things here I'll, I'll do away with. And you get some of those older garments out and they're getting a bit threadbare and they're wearing a bit thin. They're waxing old, the garments the psalmist is saying, that's like this old world. The longer time goes on, this old world is getting threadbare. This old world is, is wearing thin. And it's waxing old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. This old world is not going to continue forever. This world is changing and this world 
is going to change. The hymn says, change and decay in all around I see. O thou who changest not, abide with me. And so when we think here of this divine attribute of the Lord, thou art the same. It reveals to us the character of God. It reveals to us the contrast of the world. But finally, I want you to think about the comfort of the Lord that is in this great truth. Thou art the same. There's comfort here. There's application here of the truth to our hearts today. Why would the Lord want us to know this? Why would the Lord repeat this truth so many times in his word? The reason is because it is a truth that brings with it great comfort. It is a foundational truth that we can come to rest upon, that the Lord is unchanging. You may have heard of the Bible commentator A.W. Pink, and he has a book on the attributes of God. And he calls this attribute solid comfort. That's the name he gives to it. The fact that God is unchanging, he says, is solid comfort. And you only have to think about the setting of this particular psalm. We didn't read the earlier part of the psalm, but you could look to the title of it. And what is it entitled? It's a prayer of the afflicted when he is overwhelmed and poureth out his complaint before the Lord. You see this psalm and what is contained in this psalm? It's a prayer of the afflicted, one who has experienced those changes in their circumstances. They're afflicted. They're overwhelmed. They're in trouble. You notice the words there in verse 2, Hide not thy face from me in the day when I am in trouble. And here's the psalmist and he's speaking about the troubles that are surrounding him. And he's one who is afflicted. He's one who is overwhelmed. He comes to think about the Lord. And he finds there's, there's a solid rock of comfort here. And it's the fact that with all of the changes that we are subject to and all of the changes that we experience, we can trust in the Lord who is not going to move. The Lord is not going to change. Therefore, we can trust in him knowing that he is unchanging in all of his character and all of those ways that I have sought to outline. So unlike us, we are so fickle and so subject to change, but the Lord is one who never changes. And I say to you today, here is solid comfort, here's firm ground upon which you can rest and you can trust in the unchanging God. And this psalm is a prayer. And you can pray to the unchanging God. And you can rest secure in the Lord. To know today that you've trusted in him. 
You're secure in him. You're shut in to the Lord for all eternity. And the Lord has promised that's never going to change. You're eternally secure in him. And what peace and comfort there is there. The comfort of the Lord and this great solid rock, this solid comfort that we have. There's one today, and perhaps you have never come to personal faith in Christ, and you have never trusted in the Lord for salvation. Today you have opportunity, and the Lord has promised in his word that he will accept you and he will receive you. And you can know his love today. The love of God shed abroad in your heart, your sins being forgiven, your soul being made ready for heaven. The eternal purpose of the Lord for you will not change, but the Lord will bring each one of his people who trust in him safely and securely home to heaven. Thou art the same. May the Lord bless his word.